One, two, three. Hello! Welcome to Free Will, Science, and Religion. I'm Chandler Klebs, and I'm here with George Ortega, Jamie Soden, and Logan Meyer, who is, who is new to the podcast here. And we're going to talk about the connection between free will belief and climate change denial. And for those who don't know, uh, George Ortega has talked a lot about this on his Manhattan show and has even uh, written about it in books. Um, so he might be the best one to introduce um, this topic of how free will belief may cause people to deny climate change. Yeah, and, and I would say it's, it's like, um, yeah, probably. I wouldn't say it's just may. I mean, because like, you know, so here, here's, the, here's the, the rationale. Let's start with what um, denial is. In, in psychology, denial is a defense mechanism against, you know, being accused of or, or thinking that one did something that goes against who one believes one is. In other words, we, we believe we're good people, right? So, for example, a perfect example is like with, you know, factory farming and stuff. There's a lot of people who say they're, you know, they love animals, you know, they're, they're kind and all. But when you say that, well, yeah, but like, you know, the, the, the hamburger you just ate or the chicken and stuff came from animals that have been tortured in factory farms, they will, they will find that difficult to accept. So they will deny either, they'll deny, you know, like that the, 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 the animals, for example, are suffering. That, you know, so basically they use something to deny, um, you know, the accusation. Yeah, George, I just wanted to mention there, they jump to strange conclusions, like they'll say that animals don't feel pain or something like that. Exactly. So, all right, so now let's, let's pull, let's, um, let's um, address the climate change thing. So, like, scientists are telling people, people who believe in free will, who strongly believe in free will, that, like, what we're doing, what our friends are doing, what our family is doing is is, you know, could, could destroy civilization. And, you know, that's a horrible, horrible indictment. So, again, that's a horrible indictment on people's sense of self-esteem, sense of self-worth, who they believe themselves to be. So, yeah, so, like, they'll resort to several kinds of strategies. One, they will say, no, climate change is not happening because we, you know, we couldn't, we would not do something that horrible, or God wouldn't do something that horrible, you know. Um, two, uh, climate change is happening, but we're not causing it. Because again, we're not, you know, we couldn't, you know, we, we wouldn't do something that, that, that dangerous to civilization. And maybe the third kind of form of denial is that like, all right, fine, climate change is happening, but, um, and we're causing it, but it can't be that serious. Because again, you know, we, we people, we're good people, we just wouldn't do anything, you know, so horrible to to the future. So, all right, then the last part is, now imagine, so what happens is they go into denial. They denial, you know, climate change is happening, it's important, you know, the, the danger zone. Now, the, the, the alternate scenario, imagine tomorrow by some magic, everybody gets that nobody has a free will. Okay, so then like the next day, you know, they're hearing this message about climate change from scientists, and it's the same message, but actually the scientists are saying, listen, you know, like, we, we need to, like, do some serious things, you know, quite quickly to save civilization, 
but do not feel guilty because it's not your fault. In other words, like nobody has a free will. So like whatever has happened has been compelled to happen. You know, all right, when, when people hear that message, all of a sudden they're not threatened. Their ego isn't threatened. Their self-esteem isn't threatened. So they can hear it without going into the denial. And once they hear it, maybe they can object, objectively um, explore it, analyze it, investigate it. And, and see that the evidence does hold up. So, guys, how, how did that sound? Logan, why don't you start off? No, I thought it was interesting what you said there. I'm kind of, I'm still really curious, though, about the whole, like, with the free will correlation, like, because um, you, once you tell people they don't have a free will, I mean, some people, obviously, they go, oh, well, now we don't have to do anything. Or you have the people that go, oh, well, now our, um, our actions actually have, really drastic effects and we need to pay attention to them and be wiser about our decisions now so um you have those two groups of people but i'm also curious about like when it comes to this topic you know it tends to be those who are climate change deniers are the from the uh conservative group um republicans in america and they tend to be religious and i'm thinking there's a correlation there that's my thoughts yeah, well, actually, Logan, I, I, I post a lot on this very progressive website called Daily Coast. Mm -hmm. And, and like, last week, I posted a poll. That it was like, you know, the poll was like, uh, who are more delusional, um, free will believers or climate change deniers? And the third option was, you know, free will believing climate change deniers. And actually, like, 48 of the... Um, 48% of the people, I think there were 29 people who took the, the poll or whatever, and it's not so very scientific or whatever, but like half of the people there um, believe in free will. So like it is, it is you know, the conservative party, you're right, uses it to attack people and, and, and indict and punish people. But, but uh, progressives also, you know, really buy into it. Another thing that I think is important to recognize is that the more religious people have a tendency to have higher free will belief because free will is basically a doctrine made up as an answer to the problem of evil to blame the evil in the world on humans rather than God. So Exactly. That's a big point. That's something I think I was trying to make a point of in my statement too. So, all right. So, I mean, like, the, why this is important is, um, first of all, you know, there hasn't been the research done. That, you know, in, in my, the last book that I published, there have been um, studies done linking kind of like a denial mentality to climate change, but that have been very vague, very general. They haven't really like explored this in any detail. Now, if let's say, let's say only 10 or 20 percent of the climate change denial is attributable to free will belief, because you know there are other people, other reasons why free will not or why um, people deny climate change like for example pe some people are making a lot of money in the oil industry and they not deny it because of that some people you know believe that God couldn't be so horrible whatever so that that's I guess maybe a different form of denial but but um, but to the extent that you know if if 10 to 20 percent of free will denial and about about one-third of Americans uh, deny the climate change is happening that it's you know that's a lot of people. That's like over 100 million people. Um, if, you know, if free will belief is causing that and if it's only just 10 percent, then then still it, it's, it's substantial. And the, other, the other reason is it's important is like, God forbid, you know, goodness forbid, the universe forbid that like things 
get you know really difficult for for people for countries to when if we believe if we go into this kind of scenario this kind of world believing in free will everybody's going to be blaming everyone else and when that happens people like fight and you know there's a lot of conflict whereas we could if we could all be on the same page that nobody has a free will that nobody's actually really to blame we'll still have to do a lot to to address it but we'll do it in a much more civil manner yeah, and another thing that's important is, like, you know, in a recent podcast, we had talked about, like, some things we have to agree upon in order to agree upon actions um, to for us to take, and other things are not so essential to agree on. But, yeah, uh, giving up this belief in free will helps people stop blaming each other long enough to think calmly and rationally about more things, it seems. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense right there. I like it. Wow. So let's see. I mean, have we covered this enough or like? Um... Well, um, I think there's a few things I like to say is, okay, so first of all, just to um, review, we're not saying that free will belief is the only cause of climate change denial. There's got to be other causes too. But even so, it's good for each one of these um each one of the causes, free will belief being one of them, um, if those are torn down, then eventually nobody's in denial about it. And then there might be the tiniest chance of, of reducing it to some extent. No, that's, a, that's interesting that you point that out, though. You know, like once you've given um, the person every good reason to um, believe that climate change is happening, you basically, they have no choice but to believe it unless they boggled down into what's called cognitive dissonance, um, which is very interesting, I think. That's something uh, that needs to be talked about in this regard, too, because I think there's a lot of cognitive dissonance going on with this. Well, yeah, um, like people who will hold simultaneous beliefs that are in conflict, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we, see a, we see a lot of that in this world. Like, people are not all consistent um, because they have emotional biases often, or they're ta- taught mixed messages um, from different sources, and so it's kind of, it's kind of difficult. Um, but yeah, like I-, I think one of the problems we have is that, like George mentioned, you know, people have this identity thing. They want to see themselves as being good. They they don't want to think of themselves as doing anything bad, um, which is kind of an interesting thing because I mean. Every, everybody in their life has done something bad if they've lived very long. I mean, you have to die very, very young before you've done anything in order to not do something wrong. So it's basically um, like I've just come to realize, hey, we all make mistakes. We all do things that end up hurting others, even if we don't realize it. Yeah, and, and you know, like I'm, as, as we're having this podcast, I'm beginning to think that even though I play up the the free will believe climate change denial connection, it, it may, you know, overcoming free will belief may have much more importance to addressing what we do about climate change. In other words, like, you know, to the extent that, that climate changes, that affects our economy, to the, effects or, to the extent it affects our economy, different countries, you know, become more competitive and you have like conflict and war and stuff. So like, you know, even beyond the denial thing, you know, if we go into this era, if our world goes into this era believing we have a free will, everybody's, again, everybody's going to be blaming each other. And um, it's just so much wiser 
to 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 be all on the same page on this you know to like to understand know that 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 we are not responsible china is not responsible you know the the oil producers aren't responsible we we have to make people do stuff obviously you know cuz like you know we can't allow what's happening now to continue to 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 happen but if we do it from the perspective that nobody's fundamentally to blame it's got to be much more peaceful you know less conflict ridden kind of you know moving into the future yeah i think that's what the terminism will do i mean i you onto you are no free will uh, depending on your viewpoint uh i think once you convince people that there's no free will people will generally start to lean to become more empathetic like you said like you know it'd be a little bit more peaceful i think that's interesting you point that out because right now if people have holding a primarily free will belief they can sit there and just point fingers and saying, "Well, you're responsible. You did this. You did this. Did this." But once you realize they don't have a free will, and well, that free will is an illusion, you realize it's not their fault. They're just doing whatever they well were caused, I guess you could say, to do. Uh, but one of my things I want to ask though is like, if we do, you think that once we point out the free will is an illusion, like once we've convinced someone of that, do you think that they will like if we're talking about climate change? I was saying something I was like I was curious about like if, let's say we're talking to somebody about climate change and then we convince them that there's no free will like there's nobody really responsible for this do you think people might be a little bit more inclined to accept uh, that climate change is actually real I think so I mean because I think the main reason why people go into denial is because they they don't want they don't want to feel like they they're responsible for some wrongdoing because then they're afraid that someone will punish them, either another human or they think God will send them to hell or something crazy like that. So it allows people to just more honestly look at evidence and and what's going on and think about things. It, it doesn't apply to just climate change, but I think every topic, once you no longer feel responsible, you're like a third-party observer into a situation almost. Yeah, I think that's very important to point out because that's something like I've considered like trying to do is trying to convince more and more people that free will is an illusion because once you eliminate free will people have to change their perspectives on pretty much everything that they do whether that's religion or politics or you know social interactions in general yeah um, Ch um chandler um um logan can you raise your your volume a bit more on, on your mic um you're, you're a bit low um, okay can you hear me now oh yeah that's, that's better. better excellent that's excellent so all right so Chandler, you raised a good point. In other words, like, let's say people, you know, these oil industry executives, the, these people who are very invested in denying climate change, making a lot of money, they may be afraid to change course, to reverse course, because, you know, if people believe in free will, they're going to, like, blame them. They're going to go after them. They're afraid of these repercussions being blamed for this. So, yes, to the extent that we overcome free will belief, it doesn't just, like, help people who are denying um, climate change because they believe in free will. It also helps those who, you know, who might not believe in free will, but are like denying climate change for other reasons because they're afraid that if they, they admit that they are like part of the problem, people are going to like want them punished. And, you know, so that that's another part of this. Yeah. Well, yeah. See, and I think that's an important point, George, because the, it, this is an actual concern that people are afraid of being punished. So it's sort of like we have to let people know that we have no desire to punish you because we know you're not responsible for what you're doing. We're just pointing out that, you know, we're asking you nicely to change. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, you know, just like, you know, 
see, logically, I mean, like, without the free will belief, it's, it's, it's not possible to logically blame other people for anything, you know, and, and like, you know, so much, so much of what we'll have to do um, about climate change will, will require massive cooperation, not just within countries, but between countries. And, you know, again, to the extent we can do this without, you know, countries blaming each other, you know, just it, it removes one element that generally distracts people from from focusing on the problem and addressing it and then coming up with answers. Hmm. You know, um, Logan, you mentioned something about how once someone gives a free will belief, it means that they kind of have to change their viewpoint on a lot of other topics. And yeah. I, I think that may be another thing that's important because after all, people, they don't like to change. It's, it's hard to change, you know? Um, and if you become aware, like, oh man, everything I know is wrong, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it, then they're like, oh no, I have to learn all this new stuff and change once I get this premise. So in a lot of ways, it causes people to be like, well, I just don't want to change, so I don't care whether free will is an illusion or not. I'm going to act as if it is and become a compatibilist like Daniel Dennett. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if you guys know, but like another couple of uh, major magazines, uh, The Atlantic this month has a, a, a very you know comprehensive article, you know, um, explaining what, why we'd have a free will. It got so much online attention in the comments that the author then like put a not, it's not in print, but the author retracted. He, he, he went online and posted a commentary he said, oh, I didn't mean to say we don't have free will. Um, but but the other thing is like Cosmos, another major magazine uh, a couple of weeks ago came out with um, um, this idea of like, you know, like I think it was like between people being overweight and free will, like like people being over. And this is something we've been championing for for weeks now. So um, so the media is picking up on a lot of this. Yeah. And, and, you know, just not to get too off topic, but the overweight thing is like, it's my personal favorite example. Like, I think of all the examples that show we don't have a free will is explain how you have extremely higher amounts of obesity in certain countries than others. Like, you know, I mean, like, like, like there wouldn't even be trends. There wouldn't be things based on well, this is more common among among black people or women or Jews or whatever. Like the very fact that you have in certain areas, there's higher crime than others or there's more obesity than others. That those things right there, like, wait, something is causing these people to have this problem. It's not like these people are are freely choosing and, and they're all in this one area. <laughs> I know who, who would freely choose to be overweight. I mean, like nobody would. Exactly. Man, you give a great example there, though. I mean, my, usually when I talk about examples, I talk about epiphanies, how epiphanies are just literally like thoughts just pop into existence. And you're like, well, where did that come from? It's, I use that as – that's my example when I talk about uh, free will being an illusion. Hmm. Yeah, well, make Logan, my example you, look like an ant. <laughs> but, Logan, no, you can use your example um, very effectively because, like, think of any thought that comes into our mind. Yeah. You know, where does it come from? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and sometimes we're able to identify what caused us to, to think of something. It might be something somebody said, 
you know, the, recently or something like that. But a lot of the times we don't even know because there's this uh, unconscious thing happening and then we become conscious of things, don't know where it came from. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's very, it's very interesting. I mean, because there, there are going to be people listening to this episode who they're still not convinced that people don't have free will, you know. And that, that's the tricky part because we've done a lot of episodes on that. So we've got a double challenge here. We've got, we've got to explain how, you know. We, I mean, that's the problem. Is I mean, like. Like George said, once everyone understands that nobody has a free will, yeah, they may be able to handle the climate change thing and not go into denial. The trouble is getting there. The trouble is getting the majority of the world um, to understand this. And, and it's kind of weird. And well, that's what – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I mean I was going to say, well, something I've noticed is that free will is something that's being talked about more and more. As of recently, I, I think it's because of that. Those, some of those articles that have been coming out about free will being an illusion, because people are starting to talk about it now. I mean, I noticed on Twitter, like people that would never talk about it, they just mentioned, "Oh yeah, free will might be an illusion," and I'm like, "Yep, yep, it is," you know. But that's something that's super interesting to point out there. It's as being talked about now, and it's that's going to help us a lot more when it comes to convincing people that it is an illusion. Free will is an illusion. Yeah, it's interesting. Like about six well, years Sam ago, Harris the, the, the first wave started. It started actually with my meetup in Manhattan because, like, you know, I live here in White Plains. We're about, like, 25 miles from Manhattan. And, like, I based this meetup, you know, in Manhattan because, you know, there's about 22 million people in the New York metropolitan area who, who attend, you know, I don't know how many of them attend meetups, but anyway, it was to get the word out. So, like, soon after that, you know, very soon after that, you had, you know, a real, um, you know, kind of like a media explosion. I mean, there were a lot of magazines were covering it. And then that was uh, April 2010. Then in, in um, March 2012, Sam Harris gave it another major boost, you know, um, and then like between March and July of 2012, there were like maybe another dozen or, or two you know, major magazine, newspaper articles about it. But here's the thing, because I used to follow it. I used to put all this stuff on the website. Um, in, I think it was either June or July of 2012, all of a sudden it just went silent. It just like nobody, like, you know, after that you'd have, you, you, you know, you'd look for months and months to see any other, you know, major coverage on the topic. And my, you know, one reason may be because like, you know, people were like focused on the election, the, the November's election. But I think another reason is like the way Sam Harris handled it. You know, I don't know if you've read his book, but he he starts out by um, depicting this heinous crime, you know, and then he says, well, you know, we really can't blame the criminals because they don't have a free will. I think it was a really difficult message for people to 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 it's accept. Wild. Yeah. So now now I think a few years later, people are beginning to you know be able to like look at it again. Now this is his book, Free Will, right? Yep. Okay, yeah, I listened to that one three times because there were parts that I was like, I don't know if I understand this. So I had to listen to that book three times before I finally understood everything he was saying. I mean, I already thought free will is an illusion before that, but it was one of those things. I was just trying to understand how he says it because, I don't know, I think he says it a little differently. Actually, I mean, like, we've been going on this podcast for about, what is it, half an hour or so? Do you, do you want to address Sam Harris's stuff? I mean, Logan, could you... Um 
could you kind of present some of his um, arguments and stuff, and we could, you know, explore them? Or uh, if I if I could remember any at the moment, I would love to, but honestly, I can't remember, and I don't know why. Okay, I hear you. Yeah, um, but and I'd like to mention that there are actually so many books, not just Sam Harris's book. Um, right. But like on George's website, there's a huge list of all these books refuting free will. It's really- yeah, well, Chandler, I mean, I'm, I'm not so many of them because like think about it. Like I, I went to compile that list. I got pretty much everyone I found. And I, I doubt there's more than like 40, you know, altogether. They're, they're really like this, this, you know, this, 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 this awakening to this is like so new. It's just like, you know, it's just finally happening. And most of the books, I think you know, have come out over the last 10 years. Well, yeah, and yet that sounds like a lot to me, if you know what I mean. It, but, no, I know, I know. Yeah. But it's just like compared to like other stuff, you know, like there's there like, you know, on happiness, there are like thousands of books and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Compared to stuff like where there's thousands of books, I get what you're saying. But still to have, you know, to have 40 books on the subject of free will. And, of course, we also have to consider the topic of free will is certainly not a new topic. It's just that the business of declaring it that it's an illusion is kind of new because it's been mostly defended by all kinds of crazy um, philosophers and theologians. Uh, so there's more books at this point trying to claim that free will does exist without any evidence than there are books refuting it. So that's one problem. Absolutely. What, what evidence would it what, what it? what would it look like for there to be evidence of a free will? I don't even know what that would look like. Like ever since I've been convinced that free will is an illusion, I'm not even sure what it would look like for evidence. To, I don't even know what evidence what it would look like. You know, for there to be a free will. Well, well, yeah, that yeah, that's a very good point, Logan. And I think Sam Harris actually said something about that in his book. He's like. Consider what it would actually be like to have free will. Will you'd have to be aware of all the determinants of your own behavior, and then you would have to be in full control of all those determinants. But what would influence those influences? More influences? (laughs) Uh, You know, like (laughs) you know, that's just it. There's no way. There's no. There's nothing extra from all influences if there was anything extra that would be another influence on your behavior yeah there's and so to sum it up there is absolutely nothing not even in cartoons or science fiction nothing in any possible universe would ever give us a free will because it makes no sense Well, Sam Harris points out something, and I thought it was interesting because a lot of people, like religious people specifically, when they try to argue for a free will, they tend to point out dualism or the that they have a soul or something. And he, uh, Sam Harris uh, constructs an argument against that. I can't remember how he did it with the soul. Um, what is what is the thoughts on that one then? Well, know, with the soul, um, I would guess his, his argument was that there's two arguments. One that we don't create our souls. So, like, you know, whatever creates our souls kind of, like, gives the soul certain properties for deciding and stuff, whatever. But I think the stronger refutation is that um, this principle of causality, you know, cause and effect, that governs our physical world is also a logical concept. In other words, like, let's say we have a soul inside us 
that makes a decision at 7.54 Eastern time, right? You know, as soon as the decision is made in time, at a certain moment in time, you know, Einstein explained that space and time are part of one entity. So as soon as a decision is made in time, it becomes part of the physical universe also. So it's not just like, you know, causality is a cause and effect is a logical construct, but also like, you know, if, if a soul, you know, is making a, um, a decision in time, it really is governed by the laws of nature. Yeah, I agree, George, and yet that's a little bit more complicated to wrap your head around that. But I remember something Sam Harris said, you know, he, he mentioned that, you know, basically, yeah, you don't choose which soul you get. And he can mention something about all the Christians whose souls happen to be gay. Yes, yeah, so choose to have a gay about. soul. <laughs> yeah. hmm. So I think the very fact that you don't create your soul because... It, it, like, I mean, even though I'm a materialist and I don't think that there's an immaterial thing, even if you have an immaterial or spiritual soul, if that soul is you, you didn't create that soul. So you would, I don't know, I guess you'd, you would, some people might try to blame their soul on God. It'd still be God's fault. But of course, we've also talked about how God couldn't have a free will. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it's infinite regress. Yeah, yeah, Logan, you know about the infinite regress. That's good because we've talked about we've we've dedicated podcasts even to how like nothing can be up to God even if God existed. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, I'm very familiar with the infinite regress because of the well, the common first cause arguments and I completely disagree with all of them. I think they're all self-defeating and that infinite regress makes so much more sense in any context, really. So, yeah, that's what's interesting is like the first cause argument for God's existence. I'm very familiar with that. And what's interesting is that they always try to say, oh, well, there can't be an infinite regress. But they never explain why there can't be an infinite regress. They just say, oh, there has to be a beginning. Therefore, God. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there may be kind of like um, a point at which logic breaks down, you know, and the, that certain things are happening, you know, in reality that defy logic. For example, um, we, you know, our universe started with the Big Bang, right? Um, the universe expanded, you know, inflation. So, but then one question becomes, what did it expand into? You know, was that, was there nothing? I mean, like, you know, if, if, if the universe is everything, then, you know, what, again, like, how, how do you account for this expansion? And the other thing is like, you know, can the universe, can we conceptualize the universe like these stars and stuff, you know, just going out infinitely, you know, into space? You know, we, we, all we can see is like what, what, what goes back 14 point or 13.8 billion years. But logically, at least, you know, it's not just about time regressing back into the, you know, indefinite past. It's also about space. You know, all right, here's a, it's also about space going outward in, infinitely. And here's the here's a, uh, another one. Um, logically, at least, imagine let's say you 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 start with an atom and you start getting smaller to a quark or a boson or whatever these subatomic uh, particles are. And theoretically, logically, it would seem like you could you could get smaller and smaller and never stop getting smaller. So like so like within every atom, there's like an infinitely small universe, you know. 
I mean, so that so so yeah, there there seems to be an element of reality that we that defies our logic. Oh, and not only that, George, but it defies our ability to observe it because we cannot observe the in infinity of smallness or the infinity of, of bigness or distance of the universe. <laughs> so yeah, we can, so that's the interesting part about it is that. For the most part, people are arguing about things that there's no way anyone could know. So it's kind of weird. So in the end, we can basically just <laughs> come up with weird stuff. And um, Well, you mean like the singularity instead of a black hole? Yeah, I don't even know, man. I'm confused about all that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jamie, singular singularity instead of what? Well, people don't know what's uh, actually inside a black hole because we can't see anything that comes out of it because there's oh, nothing. That comes out of it, yeah, so. I hear you. Yeah, it's just uh, the gravity is so intense that light can't escape. So if you can't see what, if you can't see uh, the inside of one, how do you know what's inside it? Yeah, and and I think I think probably one of the biggest barriers to people overcoming free will belief and this and now it shouldn't be a barrier because we know that randomness it even a like a causal randomness would not give us a free will because it would just mean it was up to nothing of not but not a human anyway so um but and yet people they think by trying to say that determinism is false and that some things happen for no reason at all that somehow that gives them a free will and it doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, Chandler, I've got a um, an idea for another podcast. We're like, we've covered this climate change thing. Um, one of the things that, like, for example, like we human beings do um, what we do define as intelligent things. You know, we make things and all. But you know, like we're like puppets. You know, a puppet might do something intelligent, or a robot. But we can't attribute that intelligence to the robot. We have to attribute it to what's making the robot do that. So would you guys want to do a podcast exploring this concept of free will and intelligence? You know, if we don't have a free will, you know, can we describe whatever's making us do what we do as intelligent? Well, I'm up for it if the others are. I think I'm up for it. I'm just not sure I'm fully understanding Okay, yeah, we'll explore it. So, like, we'll just we'll take it from the very beginning and just, like, you know, because a lot of this is about the definition of terms, yeah. Okay, then I'll, I'll end this episode, and then we'll do another one after this. Okay, you've been listening to Free Will, Science, and Religion. We've talked about free will belief and its, um, its probable connection with climate change denial and some of the things that cause denial both about climate change and about, about realizing that free will is an illusion. So I hope this has been educational and entertaining for you. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back with more episodes. Goodbye.